0: So what we look at, it's not just what we're looking at; it's how we're looking at it. Um, if I look at a thing and I don't know what it is, I will. There's a very good chance I'm going to treat it wrong. Does that make sense? Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna treat it right. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a coffee warmer. If I turn this on, it's going to get hot. If I don't know that is a coffee warmer, I could actually burn my finger. I have to be careful, right? I don't know what that is yet. I can see it, but I haven't discerned it. Discerning is really important. Now, here's the thing. In our life, from the time that we're born, God brought helpers with us. To help us. Now we have our parents. Our parents teach us normal stuff. You know, you got to have your parents so that you can grow up, right? right? And eventually, you can take care of your own self, and then you'll have your own children, and you'll do the same thing with them. That's in the natural, okay? But there are also spiritual helpers that God's brought to our lives, and and they've been with us since the beginning. God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't take one person and go, you get help, you don't. You get help, you don't. He helps everybody. He's generous to all. The scripture says he allows his rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. It's just the same rain. It's what are you doing with the rain, basically. Bad people do bad stuff with the rain. Good people do good stuff with the rain. God lets the rain fall on all of it because he's no respecter of persons. And, And sometimes people have a hard time with that. Because they look at people and they're like, how did they get to where they are? They are bad, you know? And God's like, I, I caused my rain to fall on the just and the unjust. You know why he does that? Because it's the goodness of God that leads men to repent, to change their mind. That's why. So he doesn't have any problem reigning his goodness on the just or the unjust because he knows that he believes in man. God believes in us. That's really important. He believes in us. You don't invest lots of money into something you don't believe in, do you? If I were to say, here is a business that I just started yesterday. Mm -hmm. I've never run one before. I have no collateral and I don't even know exactly what I'm making. Would you give me a million dollars? You would not because I have no evidence that that thing that you started is going to do any good. God sees our value. He sees that what he has invested into man will return back to him. And believe me, he knows seed time and harvest. He made it. He knows it will return back to him, Major. And what did God do for man? Well, first of all, he made him an entire planet to live in and to take care of. First, it was a garden. He actually made man a garden. (laughs) That's the spiritual side to it, okay? Because you have a garden, right? Mm -hmm. So he gave him, he put him in the garden. But it has an outworking in this planet. So, and then, man. What did he do? The first, like, I don't know how long he was in the garden, but he screwed up. Yeah. Adam and Eve, right? They screwed up. They, they completely screwed up. And um, they did the, he only said, like, there's only one thing you, you, you shouldn't do. Just this one thing. You do whatever you want. Just don't do that thing. Well, that's the thing they did. <laughs> Good job. So, but he didn't quit. What did he do first thing? Where are you, Adam and Eve? You went and looked for him, Right. Well, at least played hide and seek with them, right? Mm -hmm. Then he went and he put clothes on them because they didn't even know. They were ashamed. He wasn't ashamed of them. He said, oh, we were naked, so we were ashamed. God wasn't ashamed of them. He put those clothes on for them. That was their shame he covered. Isn't that nice? God did that. I'm saying like all throughout the scripture, you can see the value that God puts on us. He puts a high value on us. We're very important to him. Think about all the things that we have in the world. Completely unnecessary from a practical standpoint. Mm -hmm. Why a blue sky? Why the sun? Why all of this color and beauty? Why? It doesn't make any sense. We could just make it gray. It's fine. It's okay. It gets the job done. No. But no, he made it for us to enjoy. He's given us every good thing to enjoy. Good things he gave us to enjoy. He didn't give us bad things. We should not be enjoying bad things, nor should we be calling bad things good because they're not good. They're bad. Call them what God calls them. If it's bad, it's bad. It usually works out best. So God has invested into man everything. And then when man completely screwed up, he goes, I, I, already, I've already taken care of that. He took care of it, the Bible says, before creation. Jesus, the lamb slain from before the foundation of the earth. There he is. You go back to the foundation of the earth. There's Jesus on the cross. He paid the price for any screw up we ever did at the beginning. And he himself, God himself came into a body incarnated for us. That's a major investment right there. Major if he, and then not only did he come into a body, which literally could not be killed. Jesus was very clear. You can't take my life. It's impossible to kill me. Mm-hmm. And we could see that several times. They tried to kill him and they couldn't. He walked right through him. He hid in his temple and they couldn't find him. They're like, we're going to kill Jesus. They wanted to kill him. Well, who wanted to kill him? The principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. They wanted to kill him. And they always have a, some people that they can always work through, right? Because mm-hmm. some people they don't know. So they're kind of, you know, useful tools that that the enemy uses. But what we're seeing is, is that the value that God has put into us is so strong. It's so powerful. So what I'm saying is, let's see how valuable we are by looking at how valuable we are to God and all the things that he's done. So he's brought these tutors into our lives spiritual, okay? Now, I'm going to show you something that you may not have ever heard before because I like to do that sometimes. When I find something, I'm like, hey, check this out. Okay, I'm going to find it. I think I'm going to find it. Well, I can give you this one too. Jesus said... I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave to his disciples before he was about to leave. He says, I'm going to leave, right? Yep. It's John. And he said, he said, I will not leave you. Well, first of all, he said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He said that in John 14, 18. And then he said, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. That's mystical. Mm -hmm. Can we see Jesus? Yes, Mm -hmm. we can. I know people don't teach us. They're like, I can't see Jesus till you die. John 14, 18. But you can see Jesus. You can see him. How do you see him? Not here. You see him here. You really can. It's so easy. And here's the funny thing about it. Whenever whenever I, um, you know, whenever I uh, um, think about, you know, going and looking and with the eyes of my heart. Jesus, he's always there. He's never far away. And the joy that is on him is unspeakable because it's, off, it's completely off the chart. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, this is not. This, and, it's all, and the thing with Jesus is the joy about him is like, it's almost like um, emanating off of him. And it's not—it's—it's it's a joy that's so deep and sincere, you know. Like people make fun of people, right? They get on, and everyone's like, "Ah oh, ha ha ha," and they laugh. That's not the kind of joy that it is. It's this—it's this joy. Um, you know, imagine the joy of seeing an old friend after many years, and how happy you are to see them. Now imagine that every single time you see them. <laughs> It's almost like that. That's one way of explaining it, but not fully explaining it. And so he loves us so much and he, do, he, he literally would do anything for us, anything, anything. There's nothing he won't do for us. He will take care of us. He will minister his love in so many ways, in so many ways. And it's so neat to me because I love it. We love being loved by God. We do. It's the best thing because let's say you're going about your day and like something happens you know, at home or whatever, and you're like, hey, how did that happen? That was the Lord. He did that for me. Mm-hmm. The other day I was thinking about a dream I had and I interpreted it one way and then I interpreted it another way and then I interpreted it another way. And every single way that I was looking at it, it said the same message over and over and over and over. No matter how I looked at it, it was the same message. And that's how God speaks to us. He's dimensional. When he gives a message forth to us, it means that all the different ways we look at it, how does he do that? I have no idea. But it's because he's complete. So we're completing him. So in John 14, 18, it says, I will not leave you orphans. Let me show you it on the screen here. John 14, 18, if you guys can hear me. I will not leave you orphans, but I will come to you. Right on the top there. Now, this is New King James. Let's look at it in the Passion Translation. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you. As orphans, I will come back to you. Soon, I will leave this world. So Jesus is letting him know. And then they will see me no longer. Who's they? The world. But we're not in the world. We're in the kingdom. Secret, see? They will see me no longer, but you will see me. Now, did they see Jesus when he rose? They did. He went and visited them. So that's true. So does that scripture mean that? Yes, it does. It does mean that. But does it only mean that? I would say it also means we can see Jesus in our hearts too, okay? This is called the mysteries of the kingdom. How can you see Jesus? You can see him with the eyes of your heart because he's in you. Do you see what I'm saying? You can see things in yourself, like let's say that you're angry and you look at yourself, you're angry. Oh, I see anger, right? You see it, it's there, right? And you're like, I shouldn't be angry, right? You know that because you can see yourself, you can see who you are. In the spirit, you could also see Jesus, because he's also there. Because he's with you, because he lives in you. You see what I'm saying? It's very simple. So what ends up happening is, it's, it's so simple that we're like, did I really see Jesus? The answer is, yes, you did. And how do I know this? Well, I've done this for a while, <laughs> okay? And um, I've realized that this is definitely not something that I could just come up with. It's definitely from him. The same thing. You know, like sometimes when you're just sitting there and you're praying And in a real quiet voice, God speaks something to your heart, okay? That's nice. Well, there's a seeing version of that, (laughs) if that helps. There's a seeing version in your heart where you can see Jesus, and what you're hearing, you're actually seeing too. It's the same kind of thing. It's very easy, it's very simple, and it's totally scriptural. (laughs) Because people are like, is this scriptural? Yes, it is definitely scriptural. He wants us to know, and he wants us to see. We only see by saying... I'm gonna imagine, first, Jesus, okay? Now I know because the Bible tells me that Jesus lives in me, so I'm gonna imagine seeing him in me, in my heart. That's it, very simple. Start with that and then see where it takes you. So it's called seeing. It's good to see, it's good, okay? So he says, I'm gonna leave. You're not gonna see me, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. It's a mystery here too. What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Well, we are alive in Him. You see. Now, does this mean that our bodies get raised from the dead? It does mean that as well. It means that too. But it also means that we live in Him now. Now, our lives are hidden in Christ. Paul said, "I no longer live; it's Christ who lives in me. I live out of Christ, I'm not living of my own." Mind and how I feel or whatever, I live in him and his life is in me. He says this, so when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me for I will be living in you. Says that, John 14, 20. Jesus said that to his disciples. I will be living in you. That's really, really powerful. That's really powerful, you guys. And, you know, we're told over and over, God's over here and you're over here and I got to go get him. And Jesus is like, no, I now have a home in you. See how important we are to him? See how important we are to God? That he would make his home in us. You know, if you're kind of an acquaintance, you're like, okay, okay, you know. But you're like, no, you you live with me. <laughs> And he didn't, even, he didn't even do that. He said, I'll live with you. But then he said, then you'll come visit me. We can visit each other's house. We can visit Jesus. Jesus lives with us. We can go back and forth. It's so easy and so simple. And you know, I don't know why sometimes people might have a hard time with this. And I know it could be difficult based on some teachings that we've had. But in reality, heaven, the kingdom is within us. And we can see Jesus. And we can visit. And we can go back and forth. How? What we're seeing. Where are we? We're in him. He's in us. I will be living in you. I don't need to read a lot of books to get Jesus to live in me. He made that decision, not me. You see? It wasn't how hard I was trying. It's the fact that I recognized that he got me. (laughs) I'm And, you know, like sometimes when people, you know, they just, they don't think about God for a long time, you know, and, and I know that people get caught up in, in life and things like that, and they just don't remember the Lord. Um, but when you do, he's always right there. He didn't ever go anywhere. <laughs> the, only, the only thing that happened was we just forgot. We forgot. And we can do that. God loves us. We shouldn't feel condemned. God doesn't condemn us. Jesus doesn't condemn us. He just says, look. I'm here, I love you. You're in me, I'm in you. Mm -hmm. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father and I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. You see how that works? And, And In other words, to the degree that I open up is the degree that I get. Love is not forced. It's not. Love is not forced. If you see something forced, that's not love. (laughs) Love, the Bible says, is gentle. Love is gentle. Love is kind. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you see something that's not gentle and it's not kind and it's calling itself love, it's lying. (laughs) It's a liar a lying liar, right? Love is gentle and love is kind. And love is not deceitful. It's sincere. This is the love that God's loved us with. And there's all these aspects of his love. It's it's incomprehensible and immeasurable, but it is fun to measure (laughs) because what ends up happening is, is you start to think about it and you get lost in the love of God. What does it mean to be lost in the love of God? It means you become so aware of the love of God that you see him everywhere. You see him loving everything from the smallest creature to the greatest thing because he consumes all of it. Why? He upholds it, he sustains it, he nurtures it. He nurtures the plants, the field, everything is in him. And where is it coming from? It's coming from this love that he's put into us, his love for us. He loves us with a love that sustains us. And Jesus said, the love that he's given us causes us to live. That's important. Some people are like, are you living? You're like, I'm living in God. A lot of things that we put value on, that the world puts value on, are really worthless. But there's other things that heaven puts value on that are eternal. That means that when we value them now, we will value them then, and then, and then, and then, out into eternity, because it's the substance of the love of God within us that expands out and reaches all around us. Think about it like this. Each spot that you're in as a person, each place physically that you're at on the earth is a junction point for releasing the love of God around you. Every time you're there, anywhere you are, when you become aware of who he is in you and how he lives in you, and that his love is in you, and then you say, I, by my heart's intention, decide to release love all around me, you become a force of love on the earth. Now, what does that mean? that means that there are people out there that don't know about God. They don't know that he loves them. They've been told that God actually is pretty upset with them. (laughs) You know, would you like to know God? He's really angry with you. I'm not sure I want to know God if he's angry with me. Maybe we could have a conversation later when he's not as angry. You see what I'm saying? But that's not how Jesus was. You look at Jesus. Come and meet Jesus. He's super angry with everyone and he wants to condemn you for all your sins. Does it ever say that in the Bible? Why do people act like that? <laughs> it's mind-boggling. I'm like, haven't you seen Jesus? He doesn't act like this. The way you're acting by condemning people and doing this is not how he acts. So the apostles talk about this a lot. They say, This is how you know. You keep Jesus said, You keep my commandments. Oh, you gotta keep his commandments. Well, what's his commandment? Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another. That's his commandment. <laughs> It's so simple. But we need a complicated thing sometimes because some people are not nice and they like to control people and that's not nice. Love doesn't control. It doesn't. If people are trying to control you or things are trying to be controlled, no, that is not love. Now, maybe there is love in there somewhere, but that's not it. (laughs) You know, people will say, you know, if you love me, you'll do this. If you love me, you'll do that. Nonsense. That is not love. That's manipulation, okay? What is love? Love comes from the heart and it's given freely. It's not something that is coerced or manipulated or anything like that. Manipulation is not of God. It just is not. Now, God sees us. We try to manipulate God. Has anyone ever tried to manipulate God? God, I'll do this. If you do this, you do this. Like God's like, what are we doing here? What is this? (laughs) Are we bartering or something, you know? He's like, I gave you everything. Do you want that? (laughs) Do you want everything? He'd be like, I'll take everything. <laughs> or do you want to do some type of bartering with him, you know? When you're in the family, and here's the thing about God, which is so amazing. He has bartered with people just because he loves them. He'd be like, well, if that's how you want to have a relationship with me, I guess we'll barter. But it's not a great one. It's just not great. You can have any kind of relationship you want to with God. But here's the thing, and, and I think it was my dad who told me this. He said, listen. I don't want to define this, I want you to. This relationship, he was saying. Not too bad. Yeah, in so many words. He was saying, I don't, I'm not going to determine how close I want you to. And when he gave it to him, you get absorbed into the life of God. And you start living out of his life. You start living out of his love. It's a completely different way of living. Because it's like the Apostle John said, This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. We didn't do it right. He was showing us the way. He was showing us, let me give you my love. Love them with my love. Don't love them with a love that you have to work up. Love them with my love. His love is a force. It's a spiritual substance that changes everything that it touches and turns it into its original state because his love is overwhelming. It is overpowering and it is um, beautiful in every way, you know. So remember this. He loves us. He lives in us. He will never leave us helpless or abandon us as orphans. He will always take care of us. He will always watch over us and he will never leave us. So remember that, okay? Sound good? Very good. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for loving us, for sending Jesus as our savior, as our healer, as our provider, as our friend. We just see ourselves in the love of God, see ourselves completely filled up with his love. Every false imagination of ourselves is just being washed away today. And now we're seeing ourselves as you see us, as loved, valued. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.